right, well, welcome to the Lead, Travel, Pray podcast. This is our first episode, so we're going to start with some introductions. Sandy, would you like to go first? I would love to. Hi, everyone. This is Sandy Schneider. I am thrilled to be joining two of my very best friends as we embark on this new adventure. I'm looking forward to sharing with everyone out there our perspective on uh, topics relating to leadership, traveling around the world, and of course, something that's very important to us, prayer. So um, let's go ahead and start, Sandy, by um, letting everybody know where we live, because we actually are in three different locations. So I am currently living in Orlando, Florida. I moved there just about one year ago. Prior to Orlando, I was living on the beautiful island of Maui, Hawaii, and my roots take me back to the Midwest, where I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, my name is Michelle Strike, and I currently live in St. Louis, but I'm originally from Houston, and St. Louis is probably as far north as um, this Texas body can handle of the cold. (laughs) Awesome, and this is Rebecca Ellis, and I live in Carmel, Indiana, but I too lived in St. Louis a little over a year ago, and that's where I met the delightful Sandy Schneider and Michelle Strike. And uh, we decided on a little girls trip earlier this fall that we would like to put together a podcast. So we were listening to a podcast about the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. And it was pretty funny and informative. And we thought, hey, we've got some stuff to share. And so this is our first attempt to share some of that uh, knowledge with you. Plus, we think that we're pretty funny, so we hope to provide a laugh or two along the way. We are pretty funny, but depending on your taste of comedy, probably. Um, So, funny enough, the three of us are all in very similar types of work, and so that's where the leadership um, and the lead kind of piece of lead travel prey comes in. And so we all do um, similar work in our day jobs, but we have a lot of common interest and certainly like to travel so that's where our um, travel piece and we're actually starting this with a travel segment and we're going to start with where sandy called home for a few years so michelle and i have both visited there a couple times and think um, sharing with you our tips on maui will be a lot of fun and as sandy said we all have a very strong faith base and so we certainly wanted to make sure that's represented as well so with no further ado some tips on trips to Maui. So Sandy, you had a lot of friends and family traveling to see you while you were in Maui. What is some of the advice you would give them before they would start to plan a trip? So uh, as we begin this episode, it's probably important for me to mention that I am so very partial to Maui. Um, For a St. Louis girl who grew up uh, far away from the ocean, I very quickly made my home on that beautiful island. Um, And so I'm going to try really hard to um, not sort of pull the entire audience into the west side of Maui. Yay, west side! Um, Because the entire island is beautiful. But um, I did have a lot of visitors. I was blessed to have both family and friends come to see me. And one of the very first things that I always shared with people is, if you can make the time, travel for at least seven days. 
Uh, so make it at least one week. And if you've got the time to go up to two weeks or even longer, um, I highly encourage that. For most people, it's a significant flight. And so you're gonna be jet lagged. It's gonna take a few days to overcome the jet lag. Um, so take the time to do the islands correctly. Um, and that includes checking out more than one island. So if you're, you're making the long distance flight and you're adjusting with the time zone difference, uh, take the time to get off of the original island you landed on and see another one. Yes, they are all volcanic islands, and yes, they are all islands within the state of Hawaii, but they each have their own look and feel, which is um, very interestingly different from each other. So um, those are, are sort of my two big points. Take the time you need to, to make it a nice trip um, and see more than one island while you're out there. What are your thoughts on direct flights over layovers? I know I've had some friends who have planned layovers intentionally, like in San Francisco or LA, when they're traveling from the East or Midwest. Um, we did a direct flight our first time. I think it was like 11 hours. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. um, which with a toddler was a little interesting, but we survived. Um, but on the way home, we had a layover, but it was overnight. And so I don't know that I liked mm -hmm. that either. Are almost all flights one overnight on the way out? And what are your thoughts on direct versus layovers? That's a good question. So if you're currently on the West Coast, if you live Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, you are in a prime spot for a visit to the Hawaiian Islands. Both Alaska Airlines and Hawaiian Airlines regularly run really good special rates from those West Coast cities. But if you're everyone else in the country, um, it, you'll be challenged to find direct flights. So you can get a direct flight to Maui, I, and this changes, but off the top of my head, I would say Chicago, Dallas, uh, New York City has a direct flight. Um, so of course the pluses are that um, you're not, your baggage isn't being transferred to another flight. It's probably the quickest way to get there, but are you prepared for an eight plus hour flight? Most people are not. They want to get off the plane, stretch their legs. Um, I did have one friend who used her airline points on the mainland to get to the West Coast and then capitalized on one of those really good deals. Well, that requires an overnight stay. So you have to factor in hotel room expense if you don't have friends or family on that West Coast. So I think it's really personal um, what your preference is about how much tolerance you have for long flights. Are you traveling with small children or um, older folks or someone who who cannot sit for a long period of time if you've got a medical issue that requires you to get up and do some significant movement you'll probably want to do a, a layover maybe even spend the night before you get on to the next flight mm -hmm. yeah and um, so I've done layovers going there stopping in LA and San Francisco and what I liked about that was that I was able to sleep from my Midwest flight to the West Coast flight and then I forced myself to stay awake on that second leg from LA to Maui to help me with some of the jet lag that Sandy talked about and so that seemed to really help one of my strategies to try to stay awake when everything in my body just wanted to fall asleep on this five-hour flight is um, not to do the movies but I will 
binge watch a TV show because it's like 40 minutes and um, it's enough to keep my attention to where I can stay awake a little easier than watching movies. But I know a lot of others that can read or watch the on-flight movies. I just download them on my iPad and get through them to stay awake. That's a good idea. So coming home from Hawaii, there are a lot of red-eye flights mm-hmm. that, that uh, you arrive back on the mainland early in the morning. Uh, Rebecca, I know you do a lot of long-distance traveling. So mm-hmm. any strategies or tips you have for resting effectively on those red-eye flights? Yeah, I'm a terrible sleeper on airplanes, and I have had the luxury on some really long flights like to China to be in first class. And those totally reclining seats are amazing. (laughs) And that is about the only way I can sleep. But when we uh, were in Maui, it was 2003 the first time. And our daughter was only 18 months old. And we were too cheap to buy her a ticket. So we held her, which going was fine because there was an extra seat between us. And so she got to run back and forth and it was all great. On the way home, we had to hold her, and it was terrible because our seats didn't really recline. And, you know, even though it was overnight, no one was sleeping. And so I remember when we got to L.A., we were both, like, zombies, and here she was, like, ready to run around the airport. Um, We had a little bit of a layover. But Benadryl's my friend on long (laughs) flights if I really, really need to sleep. Um, And sometimes that's the case with uh, flights going to Europe, but... Traveling west is a lot harder for me than traveling east. I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but um, it seems a lot harder for me to get on the right time zone um, traveling west. So I have to plan a lot more for that and stay up. Like Michelle says, kind of fight it in order not to want to go to bed really early and then be up really early. Yeah, so I second the Benadryl on my last flight. I... Um, it was an overnight flight. I took my Benadryl while standing in the boarding line, <laughs> and that allowed it to kick in by the time I got on the plane and got settled, and apparently I slept for like six straight hours <laughs> yeah. on there, so that worked rather than taking it when I got on the plane, because by then I was kind of a little restless. Um, so my strategy is now take it about 20 minutes before I board. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm popping Advil PMs. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Uh-huh. But then Sandy can sleep anywhere, yeah, so yeah, then yeah. she's pretty and much then, asleep. <laughs> I'm not opposed to an adult beverage right. either to kind of relax things or two. So what about once you get there? Um, what are the um, kind of top places to stay? I know our first visit, my cousins had the Marriott timeshare. So we were at the Marriott in Kanapali, which was a great location, pretty central to a lot of the restaurants and things that we wanted to do. Um, and it was, again, a... A vacation home so it had the two beds and a living area um, so it was great for both our families um, what what would you guys recommend what have you liked that you've stayed at so there are two main areas uh, for visitors who are staying on the island the south end of Maui would be the Wailea area uh, Wailea Kihei is all south Maui um, on the other side of the island, on the west side, you've got Ka'anapali area, uh, Lahaina area. Both have fantastic hotels. Both have fantastic um, restaurants, activities, beaches. You can't go wrong in either of these areas that you pick. And for those who might be um, going back to Maui on another trip, I might recommend that you stay at the uh, on the other side and experience what the other side has to offer. Um, but you can't 
uh, I don't think you can go wrong in which side you pick. It just is a, a little bit of a different view of the island. Yeah, so I've stayed on both sides. So my first trip was in Wailea, and um, I really enjoyed the south side. I was there in January, and that's during uh, whale season. And so we were able to lay out at the pool, and um, it looked right out into the ocean, and we whale watched one whole day from wow. um, a lounge chair. That's very cool. So that was vacation. And then my next trip was to visit Sandy, so then we were on the west side, and um, that's just a very different experience. There's the, You do more, I think, on the west side because mm-hmm. there's more shops and, and different things. I um, didn't have as much lounge time as I did staying at the resort mm-hmm. and having the ocean right there. We just kind of had some good chill time. There are a lot of the big name hotel resorts there. So uh, for those in the audience who might have points, whether mm-hmm. um, any of the large hotel loyalty points, right, right. Um, the hotels on Maui are, a number of them, are the sites where people most redeem mm-hmm. their points. Um, because it's sort of one of those big trips that people look forward to and save their points over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who have loyalty programs, definitely examine the point bank that you have and how you might be able to convert that for at least a couple free nights stay on the island. Um, because as in any uh, popular tourist destination, um, there there are a number of hotel rooms um, at a... Um, a price and so thinking about how to best utilize your travel budget dollars how much do you really want to pay for the room that hopefully you're not spending a ton of time in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about vacation rentals like Airbnb has that become popular in Maui so condos have been popular since the 60s many of which are either timeshare condos whether they're brand names or not mm-hmm. um, or whole ownership where people have been renting them out mm. to visitors I know that many of them can be found on VRBO I have to say I haven't done an Airbnb search so I don't know how many are listed on Airbnb mm-hmm. um, but there are um, a number of condo options I don't know the, the numbers off the top of my head but I'm would venture to say that the number of condo rooms is greater than the number of hotel rooms oh, on wow. the island. That's interesting. It's a lot. Huh. What about getting around? Um, I have always rented a car in Maui. Things are pretty far apart, even though it's a, not a terribly big island. And I know the road to Hana is a very popular mm-hmm. tourist destination. Do you recommend people rent a car versus trying to do taxis or Ubers or something like Public that? Public transportation. Yeah. There, if you Google it, there is public transportation on the island, but it's not going to be anything like public transportation um, in a mainland city. And more for transporting workers in the travel industry to the different resort areas because those are expensive places to live. So the uh, employees might live in other places on the island. So um, is there public transportation? Yes. However, it's very limited and probably not going to meet the needs of a a visitor looking for activities to do. Mm -hmm. Um, There is now Uber on the island, um, and there are a number of drivers. So Uber could be an option. There are local taxi cab companies that are prevalent, so that's certainly an option. 
if you have the ability to rent a car, I think it gives you the freedom to see the entire island. Mm-hmm. Where if you are paying a cab each time you leave, you're probably doing short distance trips. You're not going up to Haleakala, up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when um, we stayed in Wailea, we only rented a car for a couple of days while we went to Haleakala for the um, sunrise and um, I recommend if you're going to do that do that on your first day because you're probably still on mainland time unless you're on the west coast you're up in the middle of the night and it's not as bad so we rented it for that and then the road to Hana and then other than that our excursions we booked through the hotel and there was also always a shuttle that came and picked us up from the hotel and took us wherever our excursion was and so except for those two days we had no need for any transportation whatsoever because it was always provided by our excursion Mm -hmm. that's a good point many of the excursions um, will provide transportation Um, which is certainly a perk and if that's something you need and you want to go say on a snorkel boat tour um, look for one that provides Mm -hmm. transportation from your hotel because you're likely to find one Mm -hmm. that's a good idea yeah the um the road to Hana is a a thing we'll talk about I'm sure here in a bit um that's a pretty big trip so it's definitely not one you would want to taxi no or uber that would be a big bill (laughs) at the end of at the end of the day um but yeah you're right I think you know, my rental car was not that expensive, but probably we did only use it a couple days. Mm-hmm. So rather than paying for it the whole time, that's a that's a good tip. Um, what about, so speaking of playing, let's go down the road to Hana uh, trail there. <laughs> so that trip, um, I know Michelle and I did it one day, and um, we didn't make the whole loop. But there is a long loop, right, that takes how many hours? That one's quite long all day it's like an eight hour trip Mm -hmm. and then we did kind of down to um was that hotel and back was Mm -hmm. it the hana the hotel yeah and hana itself hotel and yeah Mm -hmm. that's where we turned around i think and that was still about i don't know a six hour day Mm -hmm. quite long yeah so this that was the second time that i took the road to hana the first time um was when we rented the car for that and um, we rented a convertible and that was definitely more expensive but I would say that um, if you can do it and you're only going to have to pay for a car for a couple of days it was worth it because you um, if you put down the roof so much of the um, trip is covered in trees and so you see these flowers and beautiful foliage above you that in a car with a roof you wouldn't Mm -hmm. get to experience that part of it and um, so that made it worth the convertible it was a neat a neat drive that way. Did you guys actually drive, or were you riding in the car as a passenger? No, we drove. We drove. Who yeah. drove? I we traded. Drove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we traded. I think we traded. I feel like I drove. I think you drove because I get more car sick yes. kind of some, yeah. and then I do remember panicking Michelle at the steep drop offs that yeah. I was driving yep. here. So my recollection is that I drove, but (laughs) I could be wrong. Maybe I'm remembering the other time where we traded off. So did you get a t-shirt that says, I survived the road to Hana? No, we did not get a t-shirt. But we did get the banana bread. And to me, that's just as good. Yes. And we found (laughs) a place that we really liked. What was it called? Aunt Sandy's. Yes. Ironically. Yes. Did you have a day job and night job down there? Right. That was my secret identity. Right. Banana bread. Yes. We tried, um, so on my two trips, I probably have tried banana bread from 
five or six different places on the road to Hana, and Aunt Sandy's was um, my favorite. So um, if you can find that little shack, um, yeah. it's a good idea. So a little bit of a different perspective from the girl who doesn't like to drive or road trips. Um, <laughs> the road, the road to Hana is certainly an experience. But there's no, like, you don't get there and go, oh, here is the destination, right? So it's all about the journey. And so you only want to take this trip with people you like (laughs) because it can be a little bit stressful at times because you're driving on a tiny road with Mm -hmm. steep cliffs. Um, and it's just a cliff and then drops off into the ocean, right? Yeah. And it's very, very, very very curvy. High Mm -hmm. and curvy. Yes. Yes. So if right now you're thinking, oh, I've heard great things about it, but I don't know, do I really want to do this, drive it? There are tour buses that go over there. Um, And when I say bus, think more like airport shuttle vans, small buses, Mm -hmm. um, which have a tour guide who will tell you everything that you're looking at, who will explain things, who will make numerous stops along the way. Um, which is an alternative an alternative way to see and experience the road to Hana without the stress. I don't know, for me it's stressful and anxiety-provoking to drive along those curvy roads mm-hmm. with They're drop-offs. Curvy. Well, and then it's pretty tight, and people pull over. Yeah, you have yeah. The, all the switchbacks. So some mm-hmm. of the places to get through are kind of unnerving because it's steep and tight and you're not wanting to hit anybody or careen off the edge but I will say one thing that made it worth it for me even though it was a little anxiety inducing was the black sand beach I had never seen anything like that in my life and that was that was amazing that was at a state park that I can't pronounce but we had our picnic lunch there too Mm -hmm. I think yeah, and that um, if you just want to go to see the um, black volcanic beaches, that was not all that far along the road to Hana. That's mm-hmm. maybe a few hours in, and so you could always, if you're going yourself and not um, doing a tour bus, you could go that far and then turn around, and it's yeah. maybe a half day of your time as opposed to the very full day. Mm-hmm. So if someone was going for a week on Maui, and ask, should I do the road to Hana or not? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up for a week. I'd give up the day. Yeah, for me, the first time we went, we had a toddler in tow, and I was not about to deal with that <laughs> and my nerves and a toddler. So I would say, it depends on who you're with and what everybody's interests are. It is cool. It's very, I mean, you see the waterfalls on that mm-hmm. side of the island are much different than yeah, what you would absolutely. see anywhere else. Yeah. And we did leave Maui the first time thinking, well, what was so spectacular about it? Flowers bloom here, too, because we, we didn't see, you know, some of those spectacular things. So I would say if you want the authentic island experience, you've you've got to do it. I think it's a thumbs up for me, too. Even though I'm not keen on driving myself, I think mm-hmm. it's an ex- a, a unique experience that you mm-hmm. don't get on other parts of the island. So mm-hmm. thumbs yeah. up for me. Yep. Speaking of unique experiences, do I remember that the two of you two were at a goat farm? <laughs> we did. <laughs> we so did. growing up an Indiana farm kid, I find this hysterical, but tell me about the goat farm. Yeah, so this was fun. We actually, um, this was my only time to go into upcountry. So Sandy, can you describe what that is on Maui? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about um, the visitor areas of South Maui and West Maui. And then we've talked about, we've mentioned Haleakala, which mm-hmm. is the uh, volcano. Um, and this volcano is on the um, east side of the island. The road to Hana is going to go all around the coast. Um, up country is literally the land that is up from the sea. So up on the slopes of Haleakala. Uh, and it's comprised of a number of very small towns that each have a whole lot of character. Um, and there are a number of visitor activities mm-hmm. in up country, including uh, the surfing goat dairy farm. Mm-hmm. Michelle, take it from there. <laughs> yeah, so we um, got to begin our tour by milking goats which I have never in my life done, not not giving them milk, actually taking milk from them. <laughs> and um, they're in this long conveyor belt type thing, and um, they stand in their little compartment, and then you milk them for a little while. And then we walked around um, all of the land there and got to see all the l- – the areas where they farm the goats and on this particular one as Sandy said from the name it is a dairy farm and so they make um, goat cheese and um, goat's milk soap which I am a huge fan of and every time somebody goes to Maui I ask for them to bring me some of the soap back Um, so yeah we we did the tour and then we were able to have this amazing goat cheese tasting that I would say there were probably 20 different types of yeah. goat cheese, Sandy. Oh, wow. Amazing. And some of them were aged um, for quite a while. And so all different flavors. And um, did we have wine? You I can bring we, your own wine. Yeah. And um, so we had that and the goat cheese. It just And we sat outside and made for a really lovely lunch. Absolutely. Nice. You two have turned me on to goat cheese. You know, I eat it now. Oh, it's a big deal. very good. Right. <laughs> That's been a disqualifying factor for many appetizer orders over Over our friendship, right? So if you're thinking, though, upcountry, I'd like to see it, you know, a non-beachy, non-high tourist area. Upcountry sounds good, but milking goats does not exactly appeal to you. You can certainly just stop in for some cheese and check out their soaps. And just down the street from there is... um, Ocean's Vodka Distillery, which um, they make their own vodka from sugarcane right there on the island and utilizing the deep waters found off of the coast of the big island of Hawaii. And they do a great tour. It's mm-hmm. family-run business. Um, and at the end of their tour where they explain how they make it, you get to sample Ocean's Vodka. And now they're making a rum there as well. Oh, nice. So. If you're thinking, well, I don't know about the goat farm, um, still make your way up there. There's the uh, vodka distillery. There's also the lavender farm. Did you guys go to the lavender farm? Yes. Also up country, um, I don't know how many acres of lavender they have. They grow lots of different kinds. They make lots of different lavender products. They do a great sort of mini tour of their farm Mm -hmm. as well. Um, You can walk away with fresh cuttings of lavender. And it just, you get out of the car and it just smells lovely. Mm -hmm. Sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. So speaking of unique, uh, I think we all have attended Warren and Annabelle's magic show which is down in Lahaina, right? Yeah. I remember my first trip, so that was 15 years ago, when I was reading, everyone said, that's what you have to go do. And so we went, um, and it's a different experience. It's definitely not the least expensive thing to do on the island, but um, what did you guys think of it? 
I thought that it was um, it was great. It was funny and clean humor, which I think is hard to come by these days. Uh-huh. <laughs> that um, you could bring kids to it. It was very funny. It is interactive with the audience, so mm-hmm. I liked that as well, that they were feeding off of things that different people said and then um, creating that as a part of their show. So there was definitely an improv component to some mm-hmm. of it. So it's not the – so if you do want to go again, I don't think it would be the exact same show each time I do remember um, Rebecca you telling me before we went that we did need to reserve tickets well in advance and that was the case Mm -hmm. so we reserved I would say probably a month in advance and there was only one night of any of our nights over a week that was still available and I mean this was years ago and so I would say that that once you have booked your flight it probably is in your hotel is probably a good idea to book tickets for this if you want to do it yeah when I entered if I remember again it was 15 years ago it was kind of like a modern day escape room yes is that still the case yes to get in it's a it's an experience just from the beginning as soon as you walk in the door yes you cannot just walk straight in you have (laughs) to figure out the clues in order to get the door open. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like they were ahead of their time with that. Mm-hmm. And they've got food, they've yeah. got appetizers, there's a dinner package drinks. as well, mm-hmm. drinks. It's a great evening um, event, uh, activity, because so many people are jet-lagged. Mm-hmm. They're getting up early in the morning and going mm-hmm. to bed early. If you're there for a week, towards the end of the week, you're still up at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and interested in doing something. And there are limited nighttime yes. activities. Warning Annabelle's is a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just down the street from Warning Annabelle's is the Maui Theater in Lahaina. And they have two great shows in the evening as well. One is called Burn in Love. That's the um, Elvis show where mm-hmm. we've got um, an Elvis impersonator who sings and dances. He's got a whole dancing uh, group. They're uh, really good. So if you're into Elvis oh, music, fun. that's a great option. Some nights that show plays. On other nights, it's Ula Lena. Ula Lena is a sort of Cirque du Soleil-ish it is not a Cirque show, <laughs> but sort of that idea where there's different scenes with fantastic, amazing performances from very talented people with um, singing, um, music, dancing, um, aerial work, uh, acrobatics, a really nice Again, dinner, uh, evening option. So there's lots of restaurants right around there. There's some dinner packages where you have uh, dinner at the restaurant nearby and then head over Mm, for the show. Nice. So while we're talking about evening things, um, Sandy, can you fill in everyone on the luau options? Yeah, because that's something you likely have to book ahead as well. Don't they book up? It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, we booked more than a month in advance for that. Right, right. I personally think if you're going to Hawaii, particularly for the first time, go check out a luau. It'll be a good introduction to the Hawaiian culture. Mm -hmm. And that should be one of the goals of visiting the islands, is to understand the culture of the Hawaiian people um, and feel uh, blessed and honored to have an opportunity to enjoy the beautiful island and pay homage to that important culture. So the luau provides a high-level general overview where you're going to be introduced to a song and dance of uh, the Hawaiians. Um, Some of the luau's also include other Polynesian groups such as the Tahitians, the Samoans, 
Um, so there are different dance scenes from the different Polynesian areas. Uh, the whole purpose behind a luau is to bring friends and family together to enjoy food together, uh, to enjoy time together. And so that's sort of the experience you're going to get. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Uh, planning in advance is a good idea. It's If it's a busy season, um, it's hard to just call in the morning and try and get tickets. The good news is that there are a number of luau mm -hmm. options, um, and they all are good and they all have singing and dancing and food uh, so there are it's, it's just really what is um, most important to you a number of the hotels offer them mm -hmm. and may provide a discount for those staying in their hotels so that could be a plus for some people um, probably the most popular one is old lahaina luau uh, that's located in lahaina did you guys do Old Lahaina Luau? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that's the one we went to. And thumbs up? Yeah, it was thumbs amazing. Mm -hmm. Looks out over the harbor, just a really pretty setting. With the exception of the poi, I would say it was 110%. I know. Even Sandy said, you got to try it, put it on the pork. And I do have to say, it was still gross. It just does not have very much flavor to it, and it's a little odd. What is it? Like ground corn? Is that what I remember reading? No. It's like, it's like a root. It's like a root vegetable, I think. It's it is. And in this very moment, I forget. <laughs> because it's forgettable. That's the thing. It's so bad. It's terrible. Um, so it should be used as a condiment, not as a side dish. Right. So right. you would never, um, well, most mainlanders, although Hawaiian children might eat it with a yes. spoon, mainlanders Ooh. are not going to want to eat it with a spoon. But it, it's, I think, very good with the pork, with the fish, like a, a condiment would be used with mm. the meat. The, the girls here, their faces are not supporting. <laughs> no. So thumbs up or thumbs down on the pork? Thumbs, thumbs down. down. So my cousin, who I traveled with the first time for about a month before our trip, started telling me how good poi was and how I should save as much room on my plate at the luau as possible for poi. And so um, I thought, because he's a, known to be a joker, he was probably teasing me, but I did take a healthy helping of poi and I was so glad it was a buffet because that plate got dumped <laughs> right, not long <laughs> after. That is pretty disgusting in my opinion, although I'm not that adventurous of an eater. but So it's from the taro plant. Taro. Which they, is a, like taro a bowl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's maybe an acquired taste or something. Perhaps. I don't know. You'll have to um, go and figure it out for yourself. But they do roast a whole pig. And so that's an experience to be able to see them roast the pig, take it out. And then you have this wonderful and flavorful, very moist uh, pork that's mm. quite different than any other pork that you would have on the mainland just at a barbecue place. Yeah, the food and drinks were both very good. Yes. And I remember thinking these dancers were some of the most beautiful people I had yes. ever yes, seen. Yes, very much so. They were just gorgeous. And the Mai Tais are really good. Yes. Do you have to try a Mai Tai if you're there and you drink alcohol. If you don't, um, I'm sure you could get it without alcohol. Yes. Yep. Now, where did we go to see the guy dive off of the... Oh, that was at the Black hotel. Rock. Black yes. Rock. Okay. At Black Rock. And yeah. it, can anyone go, or do you have to be staying at that hotel? Good question. So, again, on the west side, uh, Black Rock is literally um, along the coast, and it's uh, a lot of volcanic rock. It's a very um, well-known spot. 
Um, and the Sheraton is built right around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So every night at the Sheraton Cliff Dive Bar, anyone can go to this bar you don't have to be staying at the Sheraton happens uh, right at sunset mm-hmm. every evening they do the cliff diving ceremony and they tell the uh, the story the Hawaiian culture around what it means to dive into the water and there's a young man who runs around the property and lights all of the torches and then takes the ceremonial dive off of the top of Black Rock so it's just a really nice yeah. experience as the sun is setting over mm-hmm. the ocean and you might enjoy a cocktail or an appetizer at the Cliff Dive Bar. There's some fantastic Hawaiian music, sometimes dancing as well. Mm-hmm. It's a nice a nice experience. Yeah, so um, as you're talking, it's reminding me. So the sunsets are a little bit different on the west side and the south side. Having stayed on both, they look a little different. And um, so if you get to go to both sides while you're there, it's a good thing to try to do um one of the evenings we went to the four seasons hotel and um, took pictures there because they have a really nice small chapel used for weddings and things like that made for just really picturesque um, scenes with the ocean in the background so if you get a chance to try that it would be uh, a fun thing to do mm-hmm. so while we're on the south side of the island yes. how about we talk about the, the interesting spa beach ever and an interesting spa experience yep. so in the book it said the best beach in maui was yes. in wailea yep so we think that it's either wailea beach or polo beach either way it's down right in front of the grand wailea um hotel it was voted by whom i don't know the best beach in america and we'd second it we'd second it so it had the best sand the best water views very clean it was not overly crowded um so it's definitely worth the drive even if you're staying on the west side of the island as we were to go down south and spend the day there yes and we had um just finished a spa day when we went down to the beach which May have tainted our opinion about it being the best beach <laughs> in America, but um, this spa was quite amazing. So it was the spa at the Grand Wailea, right? Yeah. And it's um, minerals from the Hawaiian Islands that are put into these various salt mineral baths, and you basically dip in and out of these little small pools, and um, then showering off in between. In between, right? And each is to have a different kind of medicinal value or healing value one thing we found interesting clothing was optional there is a male and a female side fyi yes so this was the female only side but clothing was optional and most of our friends with us that day who weren't our really our friends (laughs) chose to take the optional um route which michelle and i were a bit startled by i think maybe is the right word but Nonetheless, that was their choice. Just let it all hang out. Um, but we were in and out of all of these tubs and probably spent a couple hours there. Mm-hmm. It was the most memorable part. We were reminiscing, and I said, I don't actually remember much about the um, massage that I got. I'm sure it was great, but I remember about the baths. <laughs> yes. And that there's comes, some things you can't that unsee. Comes, yes, it comes with um, any treatment that you get. And so definitely try to go early or stay late to be able to enjoy um, the baths and the scrubs and everything mm. that come with it. Yeah, you've done that as well a couple times. I have, yes. and it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to tell you, 
as a West Side girl, I am like, go to the beaches on the West Side. <laughs> um, they're pretty too. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sure they're just as fabulous. So, there are fabulous beaches on the West Side. And for many visitors who are staying at one of the large hotel resorts, it's right along Ka'anapali Beach. Mm-hmm. That's where Black Rock is that we just mentioned. Uh, fabulous beach. Uh, if you go up further north, you've got um, Napili Beach, Kapalua Beach. These mm-hmm. are, Napili and Kapalua are both bays. And so you've just got this wonderfully beautiful uh, bay inlet beach. Um, parking is not always easy, uh, but it is uh, definitely a must-see. Okay, so how about tours and water adventures? What would we recommend I know I've done the Molokini snorkel. Me too. That was amazing. It was. It's definitely worth the money. Um, I've been snorkeling um, also in Tahiti, and I would say that snorkeling off of Molokini was better. You could see as far under the water as you can above because it's kind of in a reef. And so there's no um, waves that go in there or anything else. The water is completely still. And so it's a really neat snorkeling experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basically we saw great on fish. a volcano, right? Mal- yes. Malakini itself was a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Easy access from South Maui. So yes. easy access from Wailea and mm-hmm. Kihei to get to Malakini. Yeah, yeah. So then we also did a sunset cruise mm-hmm. one evening, and um, that was quite enjoyable. Um, there was a live band on board. And then, as I mentioned before, I was there in whale watching season, and um, we did a whale tour, and that was quite good. Um, One of the things that I remember from it, besides all of the great whales that we saw, was that they have the, I'm going to forget the name of it, but the... Um, microphone that goes into the water oh, yeah. and um, anyways you can hear the sounds of the whales and um, that was great to be able to hear that you can't hear if you're just seeing them on the beach oh yeah so I would say if you can go from November to what about March mm-hmm. is um, whale season I would try to do that definitely get out on the water I mean that is one of the the most beautiful things to do on the island Mm -hmm. and if you're into adventure and water sports there's diving and snorkeling and um, stand-up paddle boarding Um, be careful on the water Um, there are a number of visitors who find themselves getting into trouble Mm -hmm. they get caught in the winds with their kayak or their paddle board and they get taken out um, to see that, don't worry, there's Coast Guard can be called, mm-hmm. the rescuers can be called to go rescue them, but um, I think we have to be very respectful uh, of the ocean and the power of the water. Uh, but there are so many ways to enjoy the water, even if you never want to put your toe in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the opportunity to get on boats for whale watching, for um, sunset cruises, uh, the one that Uh, Michelle was referencing uh, the Marty Dread tour, uh, which happens usually on Friday or Saturday evenings where there's live reggae music that's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, There's so many ways to enjoy the beautiful waters of Maui. Definitely something to put on your to-do list. And do almost all of those take off down there near where the aquarium is? 
there are a couple different harbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma'alaya is one of them. That's where uh, the aquarium is. Mm-hmm. So you've got a harbor there where a number of the tour boats leave. Lahaina also has a harbor. So you're oh, going to have okay. lots of boats leaving from Lahaina Harbor. Um, and then you also have boats that are able to, to come up on shore, both on the west side mm-hmm. and the south side. Um, so people can board from the sand which is sort of a fun and exciting opportunity. Um, however, the waves don't stop coming in. So you that do you get can wet get, on those. You get wet at yes. least up to your knees, yes. and you they have lots of workers there tell, telling you when to run on and yes. the waves coming, so stop. Um, I have lost an iPhone, sunglasses. <laughs> so it's, though, though it's lovely, um, it... <laughs> I have dropped a number of things getting on and off of the uh, the, the the boats that dock. Uh, they don't dock. They just come up on shore and you jump right. on. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you guys did this or not, but an experience that I really loved are uh, big inflatable rafts. Uh, you're so much closer to the water. So there are snorkel tours off of the rafts. There are um, whale watching tours. I personally really like them because you're just that much closer to the water. You can put your hand over the side and your hand is in the water. Yeah, they're huge mats. How is it motorized? Yes. Oh, that's and I don't know how many people fit on it. A bunch, A like bunch. maybe 15 to 20 people or oh, something. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're big. Um, but they can get in tighter places. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for um, animals, see any sea animals that you might be able to see, I think you can get closer to them on the, the small rafts. Captain yeah, Steve's like is one on the west side that's really good. Hmm. That sounds like fun. So what about food? What oh my are gosh. our re- favorite recommendations for food? I mean, everything's delicious that I Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel, I, when I was there last in June, oh my gosh, I ate so much. It's, <laughs> it's, there's just a lot of really good food options. For me, I get excited about the fresh fish mm-hmm. because it's, it's potentially caught that day and on your plate for dinner with num- a number of options. It's not like there's just one fish option. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the most popular fish option there that people talk about, Mama's Fish House, that's up um, on the north side of the island before you start the road to Hana. Um, it definitely is pricey. You get an amazing view. It is really good food. Again, you do have to make reservations well in advance. You cannot make reservations the day before and expect to get in even for lunch. You have to book at least a week or a month in advance, really. Um, So worth it, Sandy? Yes. I call it a special occasion restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, it's a special occasion. So you're prepared to pay um, for entree, appetizer, dessert, potentially wine or some sort of cocktails. Um, I never went with any kids. So I, I don't know how it would... It's certainly open to families. Um, but for me, in my head, if I'm spending that much money, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, for me, it would be an adults-only experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that it's worth at least doing one time to have the experience and the food and everything. It's not something, I've, I have only done it on one of my visits, so it's not something that I would go back and do every single time I'm on the island, but it mm-hmm. is worth it. There are a lot of places to eat in Lahaina. And I know a lot of the resorts have places in and around 
Is there any certain area of the island that's better for foods or dining out, or is it really kind of all? It's all over. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, Rebecca, when we were with you, you were looking up um, places that were rated on food. I had a food food TV app. Yeah, it was like Food Network app or something like that. Yes. And so we were um, going to the different places on the island that were rated the best for that. And um, they were all amazing places to Mm -hmm. eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember one that we went to that was in Paella. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paella. Paella. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you eat in Paella? It was a barbecue. I feel like it was, place. yeah, a barbecue or... That had picnic tables inside. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, very it's not a very good description. Kind of raw feel. Yes. Like not... It was, not it was not a place. So what I loved about the places that the app took us, looking at these restaurants, is that they were clearly more local type mm-hmm. restaurants. They weren't very touristy places that you would find. And so the food was very good and um, authentic to the area. I think it was stuff off the... Um, the dinner drive-in dive diner drive-in dive mm, show yeah. um, so they were much more kind of hole in the wall yeah. types of places not long ago um, a new dining experience opened up in central Maui um, called the Maui Chef's Table which is at the Maui Tropical Plantations and they do a phenomenal tasting dinner where mm. the chef and his team prepare the food in front of you and explain everything that they're doing. And it's multiple courses. I don't remember how many, six to eight, I would say. Oh, so wow. it's one of those like multiple hour dining Experience. experiences. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to eat much earlier in the day because you're going to yeah. eat a lot at this dinner. But their menu changes up regularly. The mm-hmm. chef is very personable, comes out and interacts with the group. Um, it is a special ticket. Um, I don't remember exactly the pricing, but it's, you know, it's what you would expect to pay for a multiple course dinner that's multiple hours interacting mm-hmm. with the chef. So uh, there is a price tag on that. That's probably also a, a special occasion mm-hmm. dining experience. But if you're a foodie, mm-hmm. that's probably a place you'd want to check out. Yeah, that makes me think there really aren't that many franchise restaurants on Maui, right? It's right. a lot more kind of um, specialty type, with the exception of McDonald's, which <laughs> if I remember, I yeah. have been there, I will admit. I have too. They serve some really funky stuff yes. in Maui that you don't get other places. Yep. I can't remember what those things are. Spam. 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 Yeah, okay. You can get spam, spam. at McDonald's. There was some kind of apple pie yes. type thing that was a couple papilla, papilla um, pie. Like you know how they have the apple pies here? They're right, fried right, right with apple or cherry in the middle. It's papilla, which is a like a coconutty flavor. We had one, did we not? Yeah, I was yeah, thinking we, we tried it. it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was not good. Bad. <laughs> spam. What is it about spam? I don't know. Interesting. It's all over. Hawaii, though. <laughs> I guess because it can be preserved and probably shipped mm-hmm. easier. I mean, not a lot's native there, right? I mean, do you have cows in Maui? Well, it used to be lots of ranches mm-hmm. on Maui, and still upcountry mm-hmm. there are ranches. Um, tourism is by far the top industry. So yeah. where you used to see ranches with livestock, where you used to sh- see broad sugarcane fields, where you used to see broad pineapple fields, all of that has, from an industry perspective, been surpassed by tourism. Mm. So now you see more empty land, where I know that Maui County is 
working hard to try and identify what other industries might utilize the land that was once used for sugarcane and pineapple farming. Mm -hmm. Speaking of pineapples, I would say that the pineapples um, in Maui, they do taste different. Um, They are a little bit sweeter than pineapple on the mainland. So um, if you do like pineapple, it's definitely worth um, eating it just fresh. Mm -hmm. Delicious. And macadamia nuts. So we did have macadamia nut pancakes Mm. and French toast while we were there and definitely worth it. Macadamia nuts are on everything. Everything. Fish dishes, desserts, sides. Yeah, which... Yeah, my husband with a nut allergy, it made me a bit nervous with that, but um, it's good it stuff otherwise. So let's round things out here with talking about churches. So Sandy, you attended an amazing church. I got to go with you there mm-hmm. on the Kapalua Golf Course, right down on the fairway. It was amazing. Um, open air. It was like old cart barn, right? Where they yes. Had- yeah. Yeah. So um, I was a member of Harvest at Kumalani. Uh, which is located in Kapalua on the far north side of the west side of the island. Um, And it's directly across, well, Kapalua, as you come in, is anchored by the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Mm -hmm. and Kapalua Golf Course, where every year the PGA tournament is, is held in that area. And at some point in time, the golf cart barn uh, it was in this particular area, and then they shifted that to a new location, and the church came in and started utilizing that space. So if you can imagine, there's a roof and two walls, um, and then t- two very open sides of the church where you mm-hmm. overlook a beautiful golf course, and then, of course, the ocean. So the experience at Harvest at Kumalani is... Um, not compared to anything else that you might experience. Mm-hmm. The music there uh, for worship is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a really, really nice experience. Fun. Very contemporary music. Yes. yes. Fun. Yep. Yes, contemporary. Yeah. And they're affiliated with Harvest out of uh, Southern California. Mm. Um, Greg Laurie is the lead pastor. So um, they do Harvest America every year. So I know a lot of people are familiar with Greg Laurie. And so depending upon who the, the lead speaker is that week at Kumalani, you may um, hear from Greg Laurie or one of the other lead pastors. Oh, wow. But there are numerous church options. And if you're on the south side of church, a uh, south side of Maui, one of the Christian church options there is Hope Chapel. And Michelle, I know that you've enjoyed services there. Yeah, so I went there when we stayed, um, when I was there with a friend in Wailea, and we checked out the church, and it was a great experience. The people were very welcoming. It's actually quite big for Maui. I would say that there were well over a 1,000 people that were in attendance when we were there, but it was a good experience. Again, more contemporary music. It's a non-denominational church, I believe, so it kind of goes in line with that if you've ever attended that type of church. Mm-hmm. Would you say about any religion could find a place to worship on Maui? There are a lot of churches on Maui. Mm -hmm. And so depending upon what your denominational preference might be, I'd say chances are good that you'll be able to find a church service that meets your needs. One unique other church service opportunity is on the west side of Maui at the Calvary, Calvary Chapel West Side Church. 
they hold one beachside service um, every week on Sunday. So they have one service in the morning at their church location in town, and then their second service is located on the beach. Mm-hmm. So for those who um, have you know their vacation hat on and they're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, do I really want to go sit in a church? Um, you can bring your beach chair and sit in the sand. Awesome. Very cool. That's a very cool option. Well, I think that's probably it for our first episode. It's been great to see you both in person. I know our next one will probably be more remote, but um, hopefully folks enjoy this first episode about Maui. And we'd love to hear if you're planning a trip or if you go and try out any of the things that we um, have suggested. So, And if anyone has questions, we're happy mm-hmm. to respond with our opinions, our thoughts. So you can reach us on our website. That's right. LeadTravelPray.com. Bye. Aloha.